passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the long and winding railroad. My name is W.H. Park. I'm your host for this show that is dedicated to looking at all Japan pro wrestling from the 1990s. And uh, joining me today is a returning guest. He is the uh, he is the person who helped me chronicle the life and career of one Toshiaki Kawada in our biography uh, episode about Dangerous K. And that is, of course, Dylan Fox from the Eastern Lariat. Dylan, how are you doing? WH, man, it's it feels like it's been ages since I talked to you right now. And I'm back on the Long and Winding Royal Road, one of my favorite shows to be on, I, especially the one that you talked about with the Kawada, you know, kind of documentary type of deal we did. Uh, it was so cool. Uh, that's one of my favorite shows I've ever done. Uh, I want to shout out all the listeners out there to that. I've always had a great relationship with not just you. I mean, we were fast friends as soon as we met pretty much. And post-wrestling as a whole, I think it's just doing amazing things right now. And for us to have this platform is so awesome, especially to talk about the matches we can. But not just me, but honestly, all of your episodes. I listen to all of your shows, and you have done so many things. It's getting harder and harder to pick which match I want when you when you ask me on here. That's the only downside to it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you were able to find a match for us to uh, talk about today. And I, I should let people know, if like if you're watching the video of this, you're like wondering why there is no video. Uh, we had been ex- <clears throat> experiencing technical difficulties, Dylan and myself. This is our second uh, go around recording this. So I thought maybe uh, it might be an issue with bandwidth. Who knows? But um, yeah, we're, this is mainly an audio show. Anyways, I know most people do listen to this on the audio and and hopefully by the time this comes up on the this show is released up on the youtube it, it there'll be some kind of graphic for you to look at while you listen to the dulcet tones of of myself and dylan talking about um the match that he picked and, and dylan like like i said this is our second go around let's let's not waste any time what match did you pick for us to to watch and to discuss today well, the typical Dylan Fox fashion, I'm going to avoid that to waste some time right now, because I think that you need to tell everybody that, you know, I, I'm in a Vancouver Grizzlies throwback jersey right now. I mentioned it on the video show. They couldn't see it now, but I need to shout it out. Shout out to Canada. Uh, my Grizzlies going to the playoffs. I had a big Spider-Man painting in the background you saw. Shout out to, the, to MCU later. Uh, right now, I was. I feel like I'm representing the spirit of post wrestling right now, and, and I think that you should acknowledge that. Am I- oh, of course, of course, I can confirm all of these things. Like before uh, <laughs> our, our uh, technical difficulties arose, I was on a. Uh, we, we were we were hoping to make this Dylan's like YouTube video debut. Unfortunately, that that's not going to happen at this time in the future. Yeah, Hopefully, yes, in, uh, in the future. 
Yes, but, I looked uh, the same as on my Twitter thing. Except my hair had was like I had a curl at the end of it because I right. just got out of the shower before this. So it's the only difference. But this the match we're talking about. The reason we're here is not to talk about all that nonsense. It is to talk about Toshiaki Kawada teaming up with Masanobu Fuchi versus uh, Takashi Izuka and Yuji Nagata. So why did I pick it? One, it's freaking awesome. If you haven't watched the match, you got to watch it. It's really good. It's one of my favorite matches of the 2000s. You also had Kawada. That's my guy. Every episode I've been on here has been about Kawada. I'm going to try. Maybe I'll switch it up next time you ask me on WH. Like I said, it's getting more difficult. I think I'm going to have to do something different on the next episode. Maybe Abdul the Butcher. Maybe not that different. But I will stay away from Kawada next time. Maybe. No promises. But uh, Yuji Nagata right now in 2023, if you guys don't know, if you're maybe not a follower of the modern product, he's actually the Triple Crown champion right now as we speak, as the Champion Carnival started. I'm uh, really excited to see where things go. He had an absolutely excellent match versus Kento Miyahara winning the title. But all these things going down uh, really inspired me. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the the thing that really brought this match about at the time in 2000, which was the split between All Japan and Noah. It's a subject that we could do five episodes probably on, you know, and then me and you would just talk about all the intricacies, you know, uh, my man, Dr. Jonathan wrote a whole book about it, uh, Gambaru, like with all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, numerous podcasts, numerous articles have been written about it, but nonetheless, at the time, Mitsuharu Misawa took all of the All Japan roster to form Pro Wrestling Noah, due to a lot of backstage stuff with her, with him and Mrs. Baba, but Two native Japanese wrestlers stayed, which was Kawada and Fuji, which we're going to see in this match here. They were very integral to the rebuilding of All Japan at the time. And that some dominoes started to fall besides just them staying. The first of all was Jinichiro Tenru coming back to All Japan, which is somebody that Giant Baba swore would never be in All Japan again. It dates, again, that's another thing that could be a, a, you know, an episode on its own. But uh, Tenru was split off to form his own company in the 90s, like very early on. Baba was pissed, and uh, he swore he would never wrestle again. But Mrs. Baba brought him back because they needed somebody <laughs> in all Japan, pretty much. And he was basically the best option at the time. And he was. Like, he totally was. But that's, again, another subject for another episode. The next thing that happened was Kawada showed up at a New Japan show and shook hands with the IWGP champion at the time, Kensuke Sasaki. And basically he said, hey, I well, he didn't say it like that. But he said, I want to break down the barriers of All Japan and New Japan. It's been here since 1972. We got to do our thing. We got to break down the walls. Let's do our thing. Kawada beat Sasaki in a match at uh, Do Judge. I always remember that pay-per-view name. For some reason. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing name for a pay-per-view. Do Judge. Forget Sakura Genesis. Just replace that pay-per-view name with Do Judge. Do judge is where it's at, and they have brought. And remember, there was like twenty years or something they didn't have summer struggle, uh, and they brought it back. Uh, they need to bring back do judge <laughs> next. Will be our, it's next thing here, and uh, I mean this this show that we're going to talk about is a great name too, uh, to, to be honest. But yeah, so he beat Sasaki, and Sasaki gave up the IWGP title in shame, right? That he lost to the All Japan guy in the first big match. So he's like, I'm not worthy to be the champion, even though he literally just won the G1 Climax as the champion that had happened. And so he gave up the title, and now we're building to a January 4th show. This was before it was Wrestle Kingdom. It was called Wrestling World, right, uh, around this time. Uh, and they're doing a tournament. It was Kawada, Tenkozi was in there, Nagata was in there, Sasaki was obviously in there, and Shono was the sixth man. 
And basically, Kawada got a buy throughout all of this. It's going to be a one-night tournament for the title. This match, main event of the show that we're going to talk about today, the tag match, was uh, two interesting teams. Kawada and Fuchi had made it to the finals of the Real World Tag League just five days before this match. Uh, they lost to Dr. Death and Mike Barton uh, in, in the finals of the Tag League. And no, wasn't are... it Dr. Death and, wasn't it Dr. Death and uh, Mike Rotundo? What, was it Rotundo? Uh, I, th- I thought it was Barton, but uh, what, what do I know? Uh, I, it could be Barton. I could be getting my uh, real-world Tag League finals mixed up here. I know at some point Mike Rotundo does reform the Varsity Club in all Japan with Dr. Dusty Williams. That is absolutely true. Uh, that, that is, uh, we cannot deny that. And uh, I will say at the time, Mike, Mike Barton was probably a better uh, pick than uh, uh yeah i think you're right i think it was rotundo uh, actually now that right so okay, great job on your part that uh wh there cor- correcting me on that one i don't know why i said barton but uh maybe well, I- he was, I mean, he was teaming with dr death i mean like i think but mainly i think barton was teaming with johnny ace at the time before before the exodus and johnny ace like decided to take a job with uh, wcw you know he must have been teaming with Steele at the time like barton was maybe uh, I, I, yeah yeah at, at this time yeah jim, jim Steele uh going on there so uh, yeah, to strain all that, but the the point is, he was in the uh, Kawada and Fuji were in the finals, and they lost Doctor Death and Mike Rotundo, as, as you were correctly saying. Uh, the funny thing is, a week before that, Izuka and Nagata had won the New Japan Tag League and of their own there, and they were, you know, at this time, I know you remember this WH G Eggs. That's right, right Fighting <laughs> Club G Eggs. Yes, uh, Nagata was a, a big proponent of that, but since it was such a, a failure, uh, ultimately, he's doing this offshoot team with Izuka now. We're starting to move away from G-Eggs, which was a, a great thing for his career <laughs> overall. Okay, so I, we should quickly talk about G-Eggs. So G-Eggs was Yuji yeah. Nagata, Manabu Nakanishi, Yutaka Yoshie, with one of the most interesting... I'll just say, not interesting, most god-awful haircuts I've ever seen in, in the history of <laughs> professional wrestling. And uh, Brian Johnson... He was the uh, the uh, the foreign wrestler as part of G Eggs fight, Fighting Club G Eggs. I I still don't know, understand what the concept of G Eggs is. It's not like they're shooters or nothing like that. Like Nagata and Johnson would be like considered kind of shooter types, but Yoshie and Nakanishi, not so much. So it, it was kind of an interesting <laughs> group that Nagata started with these other guys. But well, uh, they all had legitimate backgrounds because you got to remember uh, Nakanishi was like an amateur wrestling standout, and Yoshie was a judo player. So okay. they had all these different styles represented. But yeah, I, it was it didn't work over, overall. Like long story short, um, you know, I, I think uh, you know it was one of those things. There was a couple of groups. Uh, Fukuda was in, in there too at the start. Uh, rest in peace. Whether when that happened. And that really tanked them, whatever momentum they could have had uh, overall. But there was a couple of weird factions Nagata was a part of. Remember Team Japan later on, which is kind of like a similar yeah, idea? Him, him and uh, Fujita, yep. Nakanishi. Nakanishi is always like a <laughs> yeah. constant in these groups. And who who else is in it? Was like fucking Kendo Kashin? Kendo Kashin. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was fuck. Kendo. That, that's why, well, okay, or Fujita and Kashin, no wonder it, it didn't work out. So. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, so they're moving away from GX at this point, and Izuka has stepped in, and Izuka at this time was probably the most pushed he'd ever been, and we kind of talked about this on our first attempt at this, but everyone only knows him as this iron glove guy, you know, crazy, just awful worker that he became, but actually his real version for the majority of his career was, I don't know who to compare him to exactly, but 
anytime they needed a sidekick to a big star that was a good worker, that could always get good matches, and was always reliable and worked hard, he was who they turned to. Well, they- he's like, he's then like, you know, a 2000s version of uh, Seiji Sakaguchi then, because that's what Sakaguchi's role was to Inoki, right? Was being like the reliable, like, tag partner sidekick to Inoki, right? So it's like that guy, that's kind of like, you know, Izuka's role is to be the modern version of, at that time, of of Sakaguchi because like Nagata is obviously the, the person they they've pegged. Okay. We're going to eventually put the title on him and make him our ace, which they do in a couple of years down the road from here. And Izuka is going to be right up there with them being his like, for the most part, regular tag partner. It's like, you would think it would be Nakanishi, but it's usually tend tend to be more Izuka in that role. Um, and this but was yeah, a big sorry. year of his, his too. I just wanted to say, Izuka, uh, this was a big year for his because at the start of the year, he was Hashimoto's sidekick uh, going against Ogawa, including an amazing Tokyo Dome match that they had. Uh, and Izuka got the win. It was super over at that time. And this led to his a rare world title shot. He was the last person that Sasaki defended against before he gave it up uh, to, uh, you know, when he forfeited after Kawada. Uh, Izuka actually got a title shot. So. I guess kind of the way you could see him at this point was maybe even like an Ishii type, like just at the time, like the way things work, he wasn't getting all those amazing matches that Ishii would have, but that's kind of where he was at, like a mid-card popular dude, but not seen as a star in his own. Yeah, no, like for th- for those of you who go back and watch this match, and we'll have a link for it in the description, but it, you know, like if you only know Izuka from his like long beard, bald head, and fucking bullshit iron figures and being led down to fucking ring by Jado on a chain you, you do yourself a favor watch him when he was actually good when he wasn't like so banked up that he decided to do this stupid gimmick and then like he's he's a very very solid wrestler black trunks black knee pads black boots just basic strong style you know young lion style image to him um yeah, he, he's a very solid worker. I would never say he's like one of my favorites. I don't think I don't think he was a super dynamic worker in the sense of like I would never put I would never put the title on this guy. Yeah, but a solid tag team wrestler and a very good like a guy you can you can push to the point of like okay he's gonna get a flash pin on the champion in a tag match so then he can be he can challenge for the title in I don't know Cork and Hall or or like Fukuoka or something like that, but not like. I wouldn't put him in a title match in Osaka or, or Tokyo or anything like that. But uh, this is, yeah, this is a really dynamic matchup that we have. It's like, uh, it's part of, like you're saying, Dylan, it's part of this, the, the Kawada slash All Japan versus New Japan uh, interpromotional match series that, that happens in like the late 2000s, early 2001, because, you know, because of the exodus, you know, Baba, Bob, Giant Baba never wanted to do interpromotional. In fact, he, you know, Kawada famously got a lot of heat for for criti- publicly criticizing uh, All Japan's isolationist policies. And then Baba put him in the doghouse for a while. And then, you know, Motoko Baba, Giant Baba's uh, widow and heir to the company, she's like, well, fuck, we need to do some drastic things to, like, help this company stay alive. I don't want, I don't want the legacy to die, like, with Masawa just taking everybody. So she brings back Jinichiro Tenru and then she opens the door. She opens negotiations with New Japan Pro Wrestling, the the longtime rivals of All Japan, and says, What can we do? And so, you know, Tenru wins a triple crown in a tournament vacated by by Kent- by the, the triple crown tournament, uh, which is was held, last held by Kenneth Kobashi, who had vacated, of course, to go to, to Noah. 
And so like Tenru Tenru wins that title, and you think, well, why don't they just put it on Kawada? Well, because they need Kawada to be free. They need Kawada to be free to do matches with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You cannot if he's the Triple Crown champion. He you you you, you would probably think he can't lose that many matches, but you know like here's the thing like if he if he was a triple crown champion and he loses to Sasaki he's got, Sasaki's going to become the triple crown champion which by the way he ends up becoming maybe like about like 7 years down the line at some point <laughs> anyways as a freelancer but um yeah this is a really fascinating period of time in the history of Japanese professional wrestling just because of all the turmoil that exists and like really the 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 Noah Exodus really is the the, the catalyst of opening the interpromotional doors in Japan. Before we had we had that between the junior heavyweights, like with Liger. Liger was instrumental in just bringing together, like you know, Michinoku Pro with War and and New Japan into like fight fighting in 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 basically New Japan Ring. But the heavyweights kind of like stayed apart from one another until basically the two thousands happened, and this is like kind of the start of like if you love interpromotional matches like 2000 to, to, to now even this is like this is like you this is like you're like a, a buffet you know a full course of like dream matches that one can one can be uh can 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 draw from you know like it doesn't even have to be new japan ultimate it can be new japan noah all japan noah uh big japan zero one zero one new japan you know like it, it, it was like it's kind of a smorgasbord that's i think that's the best word i can use it's a smorgasbord of like, uh, of, of like interpromotional matches that happens from from this point up until even even to this day, Dylan. First of all, what a great word, smorgasbord. I love that. That's a, a very accurate description too. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a, a great thing. Like what you said is so true about the split really opening the doors up for so many different things that we would see even at the time too. Because remember, Noah would work with all these different promotions as well. Uh, including even Masawa returning to All Japan like four years later after this uh, when Muto was in charge of All Japan. Uh, you know, so they worked with everybody. New Japan worked with everybody, even down to Big Japan at one point, like, way later on. Uh, Zero One was wrestling with everybody. Just, it was almost like the Wild West times, even though a lot of people call it the Dark Ages of Pro Res. We're, we're not there yet. We're talking about this match in 2000, but we're very quickly a- approaching it. You know, by, by a, one year's time, we would be there uh, pretty much. So just for context, I do recommend Dylan mentions the, some matches. Well, the first match in this series would be Kawada taking on uh, Kensuke Sasaki at Do Judge, October 9th, 2000. Uh, Kawada wins that match in, in about 20 minutes. And, you know, in shame, Sasaki vacates the title. This this tag match we're going to talk about is the second match in the series. This is the match we're going to review. But the follow-up to this tag match is Kawada's participation like Dylan said, in the IWGP heavyweight title tournament that happens at Wrestling World in January 4th, 2001, where he, he defeats Tenzon in the semifinals but loses to Sasaki in the finals. Sasaki gets his win back, and he, he takes back the triple uh, the, the IWGP title. Big mistake. I think Kawada should have won that belt because you could have done a year-long storyline of him fucking destroying New Japan guys, and then you know he loses to... Tenzan, Sasaki again, whoever you needed to for him to put over. I think it was one of the big mistakes of uh, whoever was booking. I think it was Choshi maybe booking this to not put the belt on 
Kawada because I think he would have been an awesome IWGP champion. I think it would have done fucking business at the box office. Uh, and this is a time where the business for New Japan is declining because New J- Inoki is going crazy with the MMA bullshit. The the Inokiism is is going nuts over there. This is the start of it. And um, yeah. Anyways, that's just my uh, two cents about Kawada should should have been the IWGP heavyweight champion. But uh, you, this brings us play to- out. You see that play out with Hashimoto, uh, like and everything that happened with him. Uh, you know, like that's that was really the sign, I think, where things are really starting to turn for the worst uh, going on when when he left New Japan. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's like, you know, that, that's the that's you know, for people who don't know, Hashimoto then forms zero one, which is kind of a of New Japan initially New Japan backed promotion that then becomes its own thing. Kind of, it's weird because he takes Otani with him, and that's where Masato Tanaka goes after the dissolution of FMW. And so forth and so on. But let, let's get to this match. Uh, Dylan, we're going to talk about uh, Nagata, Izuka versus Kawada and Fuchi from New Japan Pro Wrestling, the second judgment pay-per-view held at the Osaka Perfectional Gymnasium, one of the best places ever to watch wrestling. Osaka's wrestling culture, wrestling fandom is super fucking hot, especially for New Japan. They love New Japan there like no one else's business. And uh, this is a sold-out show. Attendance listed at 6,700 people, and I can totally believe that that's a legit number. Oh, absolutely. In an era where there were no legit numbers, practically, uh, but this one stands up that it feels like it could be. Uh, the, I mean, the crowd, you could feel the energy right away when you see the, these guys come out, especially Kawada when his music hits. I mean, man, what, what a reaction from these guys. So let, let's talk about the card before we get to our main event. This match is the main event of this card. So in our opening match, Kensuke Sasaki and super strong machine Junji Harada defeat T2000, Masahiro Chono and T2000 machine. Who is T2000 machine? Do you know, Dylan? Uh, that had to be Goto, right? Uh, Tatsu Goto, not uh, not Hiroki Goto. No, Tatsu Tatsu Goto. Yes, the the blonde. Wait, wait. He's the bald one or the blonde one? I think he's the bald one. He's the bald one. Ohara was the blonde one, right? Right. Yes. And not Hajime Ohara, the Michi Ohara. That's right. Awful heel tag team of the day. No, they were not very good. The singles match follows that. Yutaka Yoshie defeats. Hiroshi Tenzan in 13 minutes, 38 seconds. So this is Tenzan not necessarily being a top guy yet. So he's, he's losing to Yoshie here. Uh, singles match, Michiyoshi Ohara, there we go, defeats Kendo Kashin in 3 minutes and 7 seconds. And for a Kendo Kashin match, that's 3 minutes and 7 seconds. Too long, in my opinion. Uh, Satoshi Kojima takes on and defeats your favorite volleyball-turned-wrestler, Dylan Kenzo Suzuki, in 9 minutes and 40 seconds. In a six-man tag team match, Jushin Thunderliger, Minoru Tanaka, and Shinya Makabe, later to be called Togi Makabe, defeat Super Delphin, Takahiro Murahama, and Subasa. Of course, this is a, an Osaka pro team because they are in Osaka, so Liger probably reached out, hey, you guys want to job out to us? Sure. What's the payday? You'll get this much money. No problem. That, that, that match is probably, probably pretty good, though. 16 minutes, 46 seconds. Singles match, Manabu Nakanishi defeats Osamu Nishimura in 11 minutes, 48 seconds. And uh, the semi-main event is uh, a singles match between Tatsumi Fujinami as he takes on junior heavyweight sensation Koji Kanemoto and defeats him in 10 minutes and 34. 
four seconds. Now, have you seen, do you recall seeing any of these matches on the undercard, Dylan? I wish I saw that semi-main event because that sounds freaking awesome. Uh, Fujinami versus Kanemoto. Kanemoto is like my favorite junior of all time. And uh, Fujinami's old at this point still, but that still sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> overall. Like this whole card actually seems pretty interesting, to, to be honest with you. That six-man match is really cool. I wish I could have seen them, but no, I've, I've never even seen these online anywhere. You, you have to dig sometimes for these older older. Yeah. You have to dig. I don't. I do not think any of this show is on New Japan World. Definitely, the main event is not on New Japan World. So um, I tried. Anyway. I tried. Wh. No, I, I reached out to other people who I was like, do you, like who have an account, and I like, do you, do you, is it on there? And they're like, no, I can't find it. Okay. Anyways, I too. <laughs> like, no, well, I'm just saying with me, like before I asked you, I, I was like, I'll ask some other people first if. Uh, because like I know you're super busy doing doing tons of content for the Eastern Laird, but um, let's get to the match. We start the video that that I watched with legendary New Japan ring announcer Karo Tanaka doing the introductions. He introduces the All Japan team of Kawada and Fuchi first. Uh, they come out to a rousing reception from the Osaka fans. Uh, next out, uh, Tanaka introduces, of course, the New Japan uh, representatives of Yuji Nagata and Takashi Izuka, who are accompanied by Kensuke Sasaki, Manabu Nakanishi, and Jushin Thunder Liger. So, uh, you know, like uh, Kawan and Fuchi, their their seconds are, are are I think one of them's Okamura. Uh, I don't know who the other one. I couldn't re- I couldn't see clearly who the other guys might be coming out to them, but uh, it would be very ineffective if like there was a brawl and they had to take on. Sasaki, Nakanishi, and Liger on the outside. But I love them, though, because if you look at their entrance, you can see the, the rookies for All Japan like swatting the hands of the fans that were like, don't touch me. <laughs> that was, you know, they were super arrogant about it. Uh, so good. And I'm glad you mentioned Tanaka. I love him. I think he, whenever I see him doing ring announcing for their shows, it makes me feel like we're in the golden age again of New Japan. Uh, way underrated historical character because, I mean, it's not like they're the guys they've had after him were bad per se, but Tanaka with his amazing suits that he used to have, uh, the way he introduced, uh, he's like an all-time great ring announcer to me. I think he's like a Hall of Fame level guy, and you know they've had some other guys over the years, but none as good as him in my opinion. No, I mean he he is like if you were to make an American comparison, he is the Howard Finkel of Japan, you know. Yeah. So. Um... So let, let's talk a bit about ages here, because I think this is a really interesting aspect of this match, is that uh, Masanobu Fuchi is the oldest man in this match. He's he he's only, though, 46 years old. He looks a lot older than 46. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Ka- Kawada is 37 years old. Izuka is 34. And uh, Nagata is 32. And something I want to talk about uh, uh, briefly before we get into the match itself, Dylan, is that if you think about like kind of generationally, right? Um, Fuchi is part of the you know the the generation of Jumbo Siruda, the generation in New Japan of like Riki Choshu and Tatsumi Fujinami. Kawada is a is a is is a peer of like the Three Musketeers because the Four Billers and the Three Musketeers in New Japan kind of came up at the same time. So he's of the same generation as Muto, Hashimoto, and Chono, and to some degree also as as Kensuke Sasaki. Who I consider to be in that in the Three Musketeers generation, but underneath him, following that is the other generation. The, the next generation is Takashi Izuka, is Yuji Nagata, is Nakanishi, Kojima, 
and Tenzan. And, and their closest like parallel in all Japan before the split would be Jun Akiyama. And so it's kind of interesting that Kawada is fighting guys who would be considered his kohais. If he was a New Japan wrestler, he, these guys would be his kohais. He, they would not be his peers. He, even though there's only really a three-year difference between him and Azuka and only like a five-year difference between him and Nagata, that's, that's in wrestling years, that's a fucking massive amount of, uh, just amounts of a uh, massive gap in time for, for ter- terms of like, talking about senpai kohai relationships and not to mention that kawada debuted 10 years before nagata did uh you know kawada debuted like 82 and nagata was 92 uh so he had like a ton of experience edge uh, over somebody like nagata i think he had a few i think he's a debut like 86 maybe as uh, so, you know late like mid to late 80s uh Izuka did so uh, he has like the experience edge as much as age too Yes, for, for so that's something we have to keep in mind when we, we watch this match is like that kind of generational dynamic that's going on between Kawada, especially between Kawada and and Nagata, but also like Fuchi and the New Japan guys. So oh, yeah. we, we we start the match off. It's it's Fuchi and Izuka start off, and uh, Fuchi does a bit of stalling, but but Dylan, not that dumb Jay White kind of bullshit stalling. Uh, this you know Fuchi has actually got some psychology, and he's trying to frustrate Izuka and the fans in attendance with like just being kind of like, Oh, I'm not going to lock up right now. I'm just, you know, he doesn't jump out to the ring and just walk around like a, like a dumb ass, like Jay White would. He's like, there's some psychology here. There's some like meaning to what he is doing here. Uh, he grabs a side headlock on Azuka. He knocks down Azuka with a shoulder tackle. He gives him a body slam. And then he just starts a series of side, lo- side headlock takeovers that, that uh, Azuka escapes easily. And then Azuka slaps a sleeper hold, his finisher. But unfortunately for yep. him, Fuchi is too close to the ropes. And I, I think a nice little opening to this match. I loved this segment. And the reason behind it is Fuchi. Just this is perfect because remember at the time, he's kind of like, he's a heroic figure in all Japan at this point. One of the main guys kind of like Kawada's right-hand man in and out of the ring. You know, everybody knows that they have say and stuff backstage because they're the only two left. Uh, but he, his entire career, I know you would know this, uh, WH, and a lot of the listeners will too. If you go back and look at the six-man tags, the famous six-man tags of like 1990, 91, 92, Fuchi is best as prick heel. And that's yes. what he was able to do here, here as an outsider. I mean, He's so disrespectful when he starts on Izuka. It's like he's so lazy about it. He's literally just walking over to the ropes. And is like, hey, Izuka's like, come on. Come at me, man. Come on. And and Fuchi just walks over to the ropes. And the, he kind of gets the referee. Be like, hey, I'm not ready for this yet. And it's a great heel stalling. I loved his tactics. And like you said, Izuka, that says a lot about him because you're right. He won. And this is another reason why this match works so well, just like the match in in January 1st, 2000 with Ogawa, because he was up against, he was mainly paired against Murakami, who's another prick heel type of guy. And that is able to get the fans rallying behind him. And, you know, he's just a very solid, great hand, you know, like really good utility player for New Japan, but not, like you said, black tights, normal hair, just a normal guy who wrestles really good. And this allowed the fans to really get behind them by Fuchi's just, and the amazing thing about it is Fuchi, like totally no sold Izuka at the start, but Izuka is much higher ranked than him. He literally is coming off a title shot a few months prior, and Fuchi has no credibility like as a main event player in all Japan for years and years at this point. So it's amazing that he, even despite that, he still is like, 
that's ah, screw this. I don't feel like wrestling this game <laughs> pretty right. much. So Izuka breaks the sleeper hold, but immediately puts it on again, prompting Kawada to come in and break it up. Nagata comes in as well. Taika Hattori gets the, the other two guys, the illegal guys, out of the ring, and, and Izuka goes for the sleeper again. Uh, but Fuchi is too close to the ropes and takes a powder to the floor. Fuchi takes advantage of the 20 count to catch his breath, again, in a, in a very uh, smart way, not a Jay White type of way. Uh, but as soon as he comes back in, uh, Izuka goes right back on the attack. After an exchange on the mat, uh, Nagata tags in and goes right after Fuchi's legs with a series of kicks. Fuchi wisely retreats to his corner where Kawada is able to finally tag in. And and the crowd is just now like, oh shit, here it comes. The two guys who are known for their kicks are going to face off now. It's such a great matchup. And it's one that nobody really thinks of, really. I think somebody like Nagata is more, you kind of brought him up earlier, but he's more thought of with Akiyama, you know, because they had their tag team run the year after this. Uh, and obviously they have a lot of the same finisher with the backdrop, you know, uh, the exploders and things like that. Uh, you know, the blue that they, they wore, they're always so linked, but Kawada and Nagata have such great chemistry. And as I said, the main point of this match ultimately was to build to the tournament happening on January 4th at the Dome and maybe give us excitement for a Nagata and Kawada match. Although that unfortunately didn't play out. I wish it would have because the chemistry they showed here was just off the charts. Good. Uh, just great, great pairing together. Uh, Nagata and Kawada engage in some really nice mat wrestling that neither man can gain the advantage on the other. Uh, Kawada as a, as kind of a, a way to piss off Nagata starts his uh, signature stretching sequence, where you know where he like stretches on one leg, then moves to the other. Uh, this prompts Nagata to attack with a series of kicks. Maybe he's like, "How dare you stretch in the middle of our match and not not before it?" Um, Tiger Tori breaks it up, which gives Kawada the opening to launch his own series of kicks on Nagata. Kawada traps Nagata in the corner and keeps him there with a series of kicks and chops. They start an exchange of elbows that Nagata wins, but Kawada immediately covers and knocks Nagata down with a boot to the face. Very reminiscent of the kind of exchanges you would see between Kawada and Mitsuharu Misawa. That's a great point, too. Uh, another guy, because remember, at the a few months from now, the Zero One debut show, Nagata was a part of that match with Akiyama, Hashimoto, and Misawa himself. I, you kind of see that kind of same vibe they had here. I agree. I, I had that same vibe here because they were just – it felt like even though this was the first match they ever had with each other, they just feel like natural rivals almost. And, and they were they did a great job. I like this table-setting part of the match with the mat wrestling and things because, yeah, some people might think technical wrestling is boring, but the way these two did it, it was very feisty. You know, like there was a lot of heat there even in just grappling sequences and technical wrestling, and then it led to bigger stuff. And it really made you feel like these two – Despite Kawada being much more, you know, uh, accomplished in all Japan than Nagata at this point, it made them feel like they're on an equal playing field as the stars of their companies and Nagata defending New Japan and Kawada invading for all Japan. Well, I mean, I think it's a good example of good mat wrestling in the sense that there's, they're, they're both of these guys are constantly trying to, you know, gain the upper position on one another. And there's it, always movement. There's like nice transitions into different positions, try to get, grab a different limb, not just lay and pray. There's no, none of that. No, like yeah, yeah. Randy Orton style side headlocks or anything like that here. It's, it's, you know, yeah. constantly in motion. There's no wrestles. These aren't wrestles. They're engaging in trying to strategically gain the advantage on one another. 
And but, it made sense too for the characters. I'll tell you something, WH. I don't know if you saw this match or not, but I I was watching the Ring of Honor show over the weekend, Supercard of Honor, uh, the WrestleMania weekend show, and uh, Vikingo and Commander they started their match with like a technical style segment, but it really didn't work. You know how they did it. They they're not not just that they weren't skilled, but it really didn't fit them at all. It's like these are high flying luchador guys, right? Uh, and amazing ones at that. I'm not taking anything away from it. Vikingo is one of my favorite wrestlers. But them to do a technical segment didn't really fit them, and they weren't able to do it very well. These guys, you had the credibility when they got a, you had the fire of Kawada. It fit their story and their characters and their style of wrestling. For sure. Nagata is getting assaulted by Kawada, but he's able to fire off a high kick to Kawada's head. And we see the incredible delayed selling of Toshiaki Kawada, where he's just like rocking back and forth. It's beautiful. I love, like, I I maintain him him and Shinjiro Otani are two of the best at selling, but like Kawada might be the greatest ever of delayed selling. It's so amazing. Uh, this prompts a tag for both teams, and Izuka and Fuchi are at it again. Uh, Fuchi drops uh, Izuka's left knee across his own, and like a shark smelling blood, Fuji goes to work on that limb. It's amazing, like that the the delayed selling of Kawada, and then like Fuji getting getting to you know start to do some limb work, especially on a leg. I love Fuji this whole match, and <laughs> just everything about his swag is so good here. And like I said, very reminiscent of what he's always been, you know, what, what you've known him to be even in the past decade in All Japan. And to see him get this major spotlight again, which, you know, if you're a fan of All Japan in 97, 98, 99, he really wasn't doing as much as he was at the start of the decade. But So to see him here in this spotlight, I just thought he took it so well and did everything so right. Such a great heel character. And it was so great for the fans to be around it, roused up everybody. He looked like uh, you know, he he loves stepping on people's heads. He did that multiple times in this match as well. And he kind of, when he did it the first time on Izuka, he kind of like turned to Nagata like, well, what do you think of this, Nagata? <laughs> like, look at your boy now. And it was freaking great. I, I love yes. Fuji this match. So, so Fuji from here locks in his own version of the STF, but um, Izuka is able to reach the ropes. Uh, this is a great spot. Fuji places Izuka on his back across the middle ropes in the neutral corner. So he's he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of propped up by the turnbuckle. And then he climbs up on top of Izuka and starts choking him by placing his foot across Izuka's throat. And yeah. the 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 crowd here in Osaka let their displeasure be known with a chorus of boos directed at towards one Masanobu Fuchi. And he's you can you know this man is loving every boo that he is he is eliciting from this crowd. And I love the look he gave Nagata, like when he did it too. That was my favorite part of the spot because he was just like, "Like do something, Nagata! What, what, come on! Like what? What do you think of this?" And the crowd was booing, going crazy. Just a great spot. And that was one of my favorite uh, things of the match. I noted in addition to what to what you were saying, but just it really built up heat on Izuka too, and you know Kawada later on in the match. Uh, Kawada tags in and works over the left knee with a single leg crab. Uh, Kawada switches over to a bow and arrow. And here uh, I noticed play-by-play man uh, Yoshinari Suji, one of the greatest play-by-play announcers in the history of Japanese wrestling. Yeah. He starts to explain the difference between strong style, which is New Japan's house style of wrestling, and Odu. He says Odu, a.k.a. the King's Road style, the, the, the Royal Road style, the, the style of all Japan pro wrestling. I think the 
like from what I could gather, his main point was that like uh, like what Kawada is doing is he's he's slowly but surely breaking down, um, you know, uh, Izuka's body with different types of holds so that later on near the end of the, like when we get, when he's ready to finish him off, he's going to, Zuka is going to be too weakened from a lot of different spots, not just one particular body part, but from a lot of spots that, you know, Kawada is going to have an easier time of potentially finishing him off and winning the match. Absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking about that when you were talking about, uh, you know, the stuff between strong style and uh, the, the Odo style, uh, that Suji was talking about. Do you think there was part of that? This is just kind of me freestyling here. I, you know, let, me, let me see what you think of this. Do you think there's a part of that they were trying to say kind of in a roundabout way that the Odu style is the old way and strong style is kind of the better new way like that New Japan has. And, that, and the All Japan way was particularly made. Like by saying that, you're looking at a match where Fuchi is de- deploying dirty tactics and being a heel it's kind of like a, a battle of, you know, uh, you know, just willpowers and aesthetics that they had. And they were kind of trying to say the New Japan style was better than All Japan. That's kind of how I took that with this match. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I couldn't garner enough with my, my level of Japanese to, to see if he's saying that. I, I get well, the impression. Maybe you didn't say it directly, but just kind right. of implying it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I get the impression he's not there to, like, you know, bury all Japan at the expense of putting New Japan yeah. over. I think he's he's doing a. I get the impression from what I could catch is that he's doing a really good job of like making sure that these guys are formidable in their own right. They 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 wrestle a different style, and that you know if Nagata and Zuka are able to overcome them, it's 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 a credit to like you know like their like strong style over Odu in in some respects. But he's never he's not like actively like. You know, like if this is America and you have like interpromotional stuff happening, the the home announcer is going to be like burying the invaders usually, right? Like at some point, like make some snide remark about how they're not as strong as our guys here. But like, I don't really get the impression that CG is doing that. I think he's just explaining like in New Japan, we have like our style is called strong style. It's just and again, like, honestly, I don't believe there's that big of a difference between each company. You know, it's 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 a marketing tool. Strong style and Odoo yeah. are basically marketing tools for the for the most part. You can you can point to some you know some nuances that that exist within each style, but for the most part, ninety five percent of all wrestling in Japan is pretty much almost the same, except for deathmatch wrestling. That's a completely different style of not even wrestling, in my opinion. But anyways, I don't want to go down that route. Um, Izuka tries to come back out of the enemy corner, only for Kawada to knock him back down with a boot to the chin. Uh, Fuchi tags in and tries for another single leg crap, but Nagata comes in to help Izuka. But uh, Kawada goes after Nagata and hits a Gamangiri high kick to the face and sends Nagata to the floor. Uh, Fuchi atomic drops Izuka across the top rope. Crotch first, Dylan. What a bastard. I love Fuchi in this match. And, and that's kind of what I was uh, implying a little bit because we saw this happen. And with Kawada in this match, he wrestled like great chemistry with the New Japan guys, right? Uh, Fuchi was just a dick, you know, like uh, just a total dick heel here doing that. And that kind of get, gave way. And that really built a lot of the match to the fans. That's when the fans really got into it. And they were really giving a lot of heat to the All Japan guys. Uh, because of that. So I think Fuchi is kind of like my MVP for this match until the end sequence, which I mean, things got really, really great by the end. 
But uh, for the meat of the match, I thought Fuchi was the one that was really carrying the energy of the heel tactics for the fans. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Uh, Kawada goes after Nagata, and Irish whips him into the guardrail and boots him in the face. He tags in and goes after Izuka's back with kicks, and Fuchi goes after Nagata on the floor. Atomic dropping him ass first across the guardrail, and I don't know what's what's going to be worse, getting atomic drop across someone's knee uh, or getting your, your getting atomic dropped uh, along the guardrail. Uh, not not pleasant for your for your for your rear end, either way. No, and I, I think the guardrail would definitely have to be worse. I, I wouldn't want to take that bump, you know, right, right now, just a butt first on the guardrail, man. But uh, very creative. He's a, he's not just a he's not just a heel. Wh. He's a creative heel. He's a creative dick. That's what he's, he's a, all he's about. He's a very smart man, Masanobu Fuchi. Yes. Uh, Kawada hits a jumping knee across uh, Izuka's face and gets a two count. Uh, Kawada and Fuji show excellent teamwork, maintaining dominance on Izuka. Uh, Kawada hits a running boot to Izuka's face, which gets a two count for Fuji. Kawada tags in and goes for a full Boston Crab, but Nagata comes in and breaks it up with a kick to Kawada's chest. Uh, Fuji comes in and hits a backdrop driver, but Izuka kicks out at two. I have to note how Fuji does an awesome job of cutting off the ring Smartly placing his body between Izuka and uh, Izuka's corner, where Nagata's desperately wanting to get tagged. But like, this is where uh, you know, like, where where Fuchi's experience in in Memphis when he did excursion in Memphis. This is where this this kind of not like, oh yeah, you gotta do Memphis tag style and, and cut this fucking ring off so Fuchi Izuka can't get to Nagata. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, shout out to Memphis. That's where I'm at right now. So we have great tag wrestling psychology. Even works in Japan perfectly well. Uh, I really love, too, that they kept cutting to, like, Sasaki and Liger on the outside, especially. And Sasaki was really riling on, you know, trying to rally Izuka and Nagata uh, around this point because the All Japan team was really controlled through the heel tactics, but Sasaki was just kept on going every time they cut to him. I really liked the energy from the outsiders. Uh, Izuka reverses a suplex attempt and hits his own. Uh, Kawada tags in, but Izuka fires up and locks a sleeper on Fuchi. Uh, but Kawada saves his partner with kicks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kawada goes over to check on Fuchi. Uh, I don't know why he does this. It's kind of weird. And this allows Izuka to roll over and tag in Nagata. N- Nagata yells at Kawada, who's on the floor checking on Fuchi, to get back into the ring. And then they start going at it with one another. Kawada hits a boot to the face and a lariat and gets a two count on Nagata. There's loud Nagata chants, which gives him the energy to hit a series of enziguris and follows up with a beautiful German suplex of the bridge for a, for a very close two count. And then, and, and we, we are now getting into the phase of the match where like things are, are, are just escalating minute by minute here, Dylan. Well, he clearly Kawada checked on Fuchi because he's a great teammate. He's not going to leave Fuchi behind. Remember all those matches when he teamed with Misawa? Misawa was stuck on the floor and Kawada had to fight one-on-two. 
he's not going to fall for that again in this interpromotional uh, rivalry. He remembers those days. Uh, but I love that sequence, actually, because I thought it was really smart because they kept cutting off the ring, as you mentioned earlier, with Izuka. And this was kind of like his – he outsmarted the All Japan guys here by ch- taking out Fuchi so Kawada paid attention to him. He finally was able to tag Nagata. So I thought it was, like, really cool and smart. Uh, what they did, it, may, it maybe not smart for Kawada, but like I said, they're trying to be a good partner. <laughs> That's all. But the uh, the interactions with Nagata and Kawada again, great chemistry, just awesome work from Nagata here. Great babyface that you can really see that the fans bought in to him as a main event level guy. You have to note with the series of inziguris that Nagata gives to Kawada, and then just before the German suplex happens, there is just make note of Kawada's amazing facial expression because he looks like he yeah. is like dazed he's concussed he he just looks like nagata has just killed him and he does an excellent job of us of like really selling and putting over nagata's offense on him in, in that like kind of 10 second uh, sequence there yeah kawada like you said he's a guy him and stan hansen are the two i always point to of guys who are known as badass ass kicker dudes which they are but their selling is actually what makes them all time like the greatest of all time candidates. Is so they're so underrated working on the defensive end, not just their amazing offense. And Kawada is right up there. As like you said, to me, he's the best ever, and he proved it again with these great facial expressions. Just a great, very like he makes you believe in all of this, and that's what it takes to be the best wrestler. Is stuff like that. Uh, Nakata continues his assault on Kawada with stomps and kicks to the chest before Kawada nails him with his with an amazing leg sweep i popped big for when when like he just he just catches nagata with this leg sweep it's awesome uh kawada kicks to nagata's face and a reverse crescent kick to nagata's face from kawada into a backdrop driver for two count and then kawada without missing a beat goes straight into the seated stretch plum one of my favorite uh maneuvers in wrestling I'm sure Eddie Kingston, one of your former guests, would agree with that. It was one of the best uh, holds. Uh, shout out to that, obviously. This was like a really, really – this felt like the part where I loved everything up to this moment. But I could see where some people might think it's maybe table setting, you know, like so maybe not fast or, uh, you know, actiony enough in the early going. But here's where the switch gets flipped, where things get they, – they were already great to me, but then they get – Super match of the year level awesome is where we're headed towards after this spot that you're talking about with the stretch plum. Uh, Nagata inches closer to the ropes, but Kawada breaks long enough to drag Nagata back to the center ring to reapply the stretch plum. I love that. Uh, uh, Izuka comes in to save his partner. Kawada tries for his power bomb, but Nagata blocks it. Kawada hits the ropes, but Nagata hits a low kick to Kawada's knee. Ouch. Nagata starts kicking the shit out of Kawada's knee and then goes for the Nagata lock one, which is his version of a reverse figure four leg lock. And uh, yeah, great. Nice comeback sequence from Nagata here. And like you said, great selling right away when he got him in the knee. It was kind of like a turnabout being fair play for what Kawada did earlier with the leg sweep. But he sold it so masterfully here that you just knew stuff was about to hit the fan. Uh, Kawada inches towards the ropes, but Nagata breaks it up just to drag him back in. I I love spots like this, where where you like tease not only for your opponent but for the audience. Like, okay, he's gonna the the opponent's gonna reach the ropes, but just just drag him back into the back of the center ring. I love I love when when people do that in wrestling. Uh, 
Fuchi comes in, but he collapses from exhaustion midway to saving Kawada. Love it. What what a what a what a professional wrestler Fuchi is. Uh, he finally breaks the Nagata lock by stepping on Nuji Nagata's face. That will do it. You know, stepping on stepping fully on someone's face, using all your body weight to to crush in their cheeks. Uh, Zuka tags in and he collapses due to the damage done to his left knee earlier in the match. But he rushes over to knock Fuchi off the apron and goes after Kawada's knee and is able to hit an exploder suplex and then goes straight for a knee bar. But this, I, I like both Fuchi and Izuka when they come in. They're like, they don't, it's not a hot tag. It's kind of a like, okay, I'm coming in. And then, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so beat up still. Like, I, I, I can't, you know, I can't run over there. I have to drag myself over there. I think that's makes it seem so much more like legit and, and adds a lot of tension to, to the match. Oh, one million percent agree here, and especially for Fuji. I mean, I love Izuka's performance here. I thought he was a great underdog, kind of a second guy. Uh, whenever he needed to fire up, he did great, and his selling was on point. But Fuji, after being the you know the biggest asshole in the world earlier for most of this match, now he's also a great seller on top of it. Where he's exhausted. I, at one point, he reaches to uh, the wrong corner. I don't even think he was even legal when, when that happened. And he still did. I'm reaching for the wrong corner spot. And he's not even legal in the match. He's still looking for a tag. Uh, Fuchi was just awesome in the selling. But I totally agree with what you said. The, the quote-unquote hot tags here were so good and that they were different, unique. Somebody needs to ape these spots nowadays. I think this would still get over, even like in a WWE or an AEW, let alone in All Japan or New Japan now. Somebody needs to take this in a tag scenario. Uh, Nagata intercepts Fuchi and locks in the Nagata lock on him. Uh, Kawada valiantly goes for the ropes and finally breaks a hold after several thwarted attempts by Izuka. Izuka tries another German, but Kawada hits a Pele kick and tags in Fuchi, who immediately drop kicks Izuka in his bad left knee. Some awesome psychology here. Uh, backdrop driver, another one, but Izuka kicks out at two. Uh, Fuchi locks in the Masawa face lock. Kawada stops Nagata from saving Izuka and locks in the stretch plum. Uh, Izuka tries for the ropes, but Fuchi, Fuchi snapmares him back into the center of the ring and goes back to the face lock. There's a, now a big Izuka chant coming from the fans that gives Izuka the energy, the, the hope, the inspiration to reach the ropes, to, to get out of the Masawa face lock that Fuchi has, has adopted for his own use. Oh, this was beautiful. I... <sighs> Man, this was so good, this whole segment. And it was so cool that they did the stretch plum and the face lock spot right after, well, not right after, but it was a great payback for the leg spots. The early New Japan guys both had them in leg bars. And now you had this with the, the you know, uh, head-based submissions. It was so well done. The crowd was just losing their minds at this. Izuka looked like the top baby face in any promotion here. And he was doing an excellent job. And Everybody was just on point. Now, like I said, this match is rolling at this point, and I really, even at this point, I was thinking, man, this is one of the better tag matches I can remember seeing ever in New Japan. So Izuka hits the ropes. Fuchi drops down and, and gets back up, and they run into each other's heads. This lets them tag in Kawada and Nagata, respectively. And, and Dylan, at this point, we're, we are hitting the crescendo of this match because Kawada and Nagata, they come in, they just go for broke with exchanges of oh, kicks. Yes. I can't go into detail, but they just start exchanging kicks, slaps, etc., cetera, et cetera, as Kero Tanaka, we're getting down to the to the time limit. It's a 30-minute time limit. Starts to count down the remaining time 
until it hits a 30 minute time limit. They ring the bell. Everyone just collapses from exhaustion. But this, this last, you know, fiery exchange between Nagata and Kawada is just amazing because you can, you can, you, you know, they know that the, the, the match is going to go. They're desperately trying to get a win on, on one another because they don't want to go to, to a draw. And the desperation that they both exhibit in their body language is just fantastic to watch here. This was amazing. I, I, this was such a perfect ending to this match. Like, oh my God, these guys just, like you said, they went for broke. They laid everything on the line. They put hard and effort in. They hit each other as hard as they can. I loved the, I, I kind of mentioned to him earlier how great Tanaka was here counting down. I can't believe they don't do that more these days. Like, you know, and the crowd probably wouldn't be as hot as it is here. But, man, it just had a chaotic energy. They were going crazy. And the ending of the match, after they uh, went all out at each other with the slaps and the kicks, actually Nagata gets the advantage to end the match, and he locks in the cross arm bar. And Fuchi, I love him so much. How does he end it? By walking over and stepping on Nagata's head to break up the cross arm bar as the time expires. And Izuka comes in to, to fight him. It was awesome. Like, this ending was so great. One of my favorite endings I can remember of any match, to be honest. I just thought it was so amazing. It is. It's a great, it's a great detail to, 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 to mention here. Uh, the crowd, though, immediately started chanting for more time so they yeah. can get a decisive winner in this match. But, but uh, no, that's not happening. Uh, you're going to have to pay for another ticket, everyone. That's how wrestling works. Uh, but, yeah, awesome match. Uh, cage match rating is 9.32 based on 59 votes, which is pretty good. Uh, uh, wrestling Observer Newsletter gave it a five-star rating. I, I myself, will go 4.25 uh, on it. Um, I, I don't know necessarily. I think it's a great match. I don't think it... It doesn't get to that four and a half, five star range for me yet. But, uh, you know, definitely go out of your way to watch this. If you are in wrestling and you want to know how to build some like more kind of like different kinds of wrestling tag spots in your match, watch this match. Steal some, like Dylan says, steal some of the stuff that you see, especially the Fuchi stuff. Steal it for your own matches, folks. Um, but yeah, for, yeah, go watch this match. It's, uh, it, it is amazing of course obviously I, i'm hoping everyone watches this match first and then <laughs> listens to the review but if you do it the other way around please now go watch the match and then uh, you you won't regret it, I, I guarantee it dylan final thoughts on on this amazing tag match all i can say is you got outdated information wh because i rated it a 10 on cage match to make it a 9.33 right <laughs> to bump up the rating 0.1 points on here i did that earlier today when i watched it i was like oh i have to give this a 10 uh for sure i thought this was like absolutely an incredible match and one of my favorite tag matches that, that new japan ever did i can't think of another one that Maybe the the one they just had like last month with uh, Yoshiashi and Goto versus Okada and, and Tanahashi, that was an amazing match too. But this was special. Like I said, this just felt like the golden age to me. The interpromotional action, Fuchi was like just amazing in this match. I loved everything he did. Just a wonderful heel. Izuka, amazing underdog. And then they they booked it so well to have the two stars get the spotlight at the end. Uh, just so damn great. And I was ready. I was ready to see these guys wrestle. And that's the tragic part of all of this is that that we never really got a follow-up to this at all uh, between any of these people. When, you know, the tournament happened, they, you know, Nagata lost in the first round. Uh, and it's unfortunate that that happened because, man, Kawada and Nagata in a singles match would have been just blown the roof off. 
I would love to see Fushi and Izuka in, in a match. I think that would have been amazing, or Izuka and Kawada. But they never really got around to that too much. I mean, I think I think Kawada might have wrestled those guys maybe when he was back years later, like five, you know, two thousand five when he was in the G one. I think he had a match with Nagata then because uh, he was in the G one persistent between there and two thousand eight or thereabouts. Uh, but nothing following up, and nothing nearly as good as this, in my opinion. I thought it was fantastic, and hopefully everybody watches it, and hopefully everybody enjoys it. I remember like when this match happened, like and people like obviously back in the days, like you hear about it. Right. And then you hear like there's all this buzz about it. And then, okay, then you get the tape. Right. And then you finally watch the tape of it. And it's like, holy shit. I remember people like, you know, like who I respect, whose opinions I respect, just gushing over. And they're like, but the main thing was, is like, holy shit. I didn't think I was going to rate like a four star, four, four higher star rating to any match involving Masanobu Fuchi in the year 2000 because for the longest time Fuchi was regulated to being yeah. an old like you know at the age of 46 years old which is not that old to being the quote-unquote you know old guy comedy six-man tag matches right that's what his his role was for like I don't know the last seven six seven years in the yeah, yeah. Japan was to be that like uh and then so it you know he's okay well he's just gonna Dude, he's not going to really contribute much. It's going to be Kawada carrying the load, and it's not. It's Fuchi just goes in there and just shows you, hey, like I might be like ten years older than like pretty much everyone else in this match, but I can, I, I don't need to be like in like a bodybuilder's, you know, have a bodybuilder's body. I don't need to have like kick pads or nothing like that. It's just me, my boots and my trunks, and my dirty ass heel tactics. That, and what incredible psychology that's going to draw you into this match. And, and for the, he's, he is a big reason about why this match is, is such a success in terms of like the heat it gets and, and the quality of it. Yeah. Uh, everybody was great here. Like I said, I even thought the guys on the outside were amazing. Uh, Sasaki and Liger. They, uh, there's a part where Izuka kicked out of uh, one of Kawada's big moves and they cut the Liger and he's like, pumps his fist. It's like, yes, <laughs> like he kicked out. Uh, the Tanaka was amazing. Uh, commentary was very excited. Uh, the fans were amazing. All four wrestlers were great. Uh, but like you said, Fuchi was the one that stood out to me with his just heel tactics, so to speak. But when they got to the end with Kawada and Nagata, that was the main event stuff. Like that was the good stuff there that, that everybody wanted to see. So to me, this was like perfect in so many ways. I, I just cannot sing the praises of everyone involved in this enough. I'm, I'm really glad we got to talk about it, WH. Yes, me too. Thank you for picking this match, Dylan. So at this point, uh, what, where can people find more of your work, Dylan? Find me on Twitter uh, at Eastern Lariat for my show account, which is a show all about Japanese pro wrestling, talking about modern day stuff. Me and Striga from Cage Match. We're doing stuff on Cage Match. Uh, we're actually on the, the Cage Match feed now, so you can see us on YouTube videos. You can see us on the feed there. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll see us talk, uh, even if you click on a page to rate them, like Sakura Genesis, you'll see the podcast tab at the top. Click that, and our show will be there. You know when we talked about it. So, a good new feature there on CageMatch.net, which we're being part part of. Uh, Patreon.com/EasternLariat, doing all kinds of cool stuff in the past and the present of wrestling. Man, I did like eight reviews or something, like eight written reviews of WrestleMania weekend shows. Uh, Tanahashi was in a bunch of them. He got his teeth knocked out at one of them, unfortunately. But uh, he was doing all kinds of stuff. I wrote the reviews, reviewed WrestleMania, talked about Vince buying WWE or selling it technically or merging it or whatever happened. <laughs> like whoever's running that company nowadays. Uh, I talked a little bit about all of that. Um, and all the Japanese coverage. Champion Carnival going on right now for the All Japan fans out there. 
Every single match is going to be covered on the Patreon. And just keep following us there. Uh, also, at Viva underscore zero. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, shout out to Ray, my favorite Joshi wrestler of all time. My Twitter handle is a tribute to her. Uh, rest in peace. Um, I love talking about all kinds of wrestling, whether it's Japanese, Lucha, U.S., uh, any company. Joshi wrestling is a huge thing. I'm so looking forward to the big show this month for stardom. Uh, it's going to be a great time for all of wrestling. I think we're headed towards a really exciting period going forward. So please keep your eyes peeled for all the stuff I'm doing in the Japanese wrestling world. Because I think there's going to be great things ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, like outside of like, of course, coverage here at Post Wrestling, and 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 you know, when I get to do shows with with John or whoever, and and of course, so the great work done by Karen Peterson, definitely. Like, if you want the the most comprehensive coverage of ProRes in in the world of podcasting then i don't think there's a better place than to to go to the eastern layer listen to dylan and striga talk about uh the big happenings i'm I'm a big fan of those guys and and that's why you see you know dylan come on here uh, a lot over at post wrestling but also we we need to get striga coming on the long and winding railroad i have to reach out to that fella and and it's been too long since i've ever done some audio with him so i i think i'm gonna try to get striga on sometime in the near future on this show I personally would love to, he- to hear that. So, so uh, like that, that's you're drawing me. I, I listen to all your episodes actually, so I'm, I'm a big fan of the show. In all honesty, so Striga, uh, he knows a lot about wrestling, uh, especially like the indie style of wrestling in, in Japan. He's a big fan of those things, like your DDTs and, and, and things. Even they're not really indie anymore. Uh, you know, uh, you know, O Pro, Soccer Pro, Michinoku Pro. Uh, even those fans are doing great things. You know, we see uh, somebody like Fujita Junior Hayato come back. Uh, do a lot of great things. So any kind of wrestling, you, you know, Striga is great for that. And hopefully, uh, hopefully your listeners think that I'm not an idiot as well. No, uh, no, 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 well. no, no. They they would not think that uh, definitely. But uh, anyways, thank thank you, Dylan, for coming on the show. We'll have you back on in the future. Thanks to all the listeners for uh, uh, you know yeah, supporting the show, giving a lot of great feedback. And and yeah, and just hey, okay, go to the go to the store if you want to support this the show. Go to the store. Post, store.postwrestling.com click on the long and winding railroad we got the new five pillars t-shirt up there it's a, it's a very good seller we've got the classic you know color bars of the uh, of the uh, of the four pillars the original shirt it's it's still available go out and go and check those shirts out they're great they they they're they're great for you to support the show they're also great because they don't look like you're wearing a wrestling t-shirt they just look like you're wearing a cool fucking graphic t-shirt and what more can you want out of your t-shirt fashion then hey i'm wearing a cool graphic t-shirt but uh dylan thank you so much again and until next time everyone i will say goodbye sayonara